ذَرُنِي Allah says, leave me. Again, you see this expression coming. That leave me to deal with. Do not interfere. You don't say anything. You stay out of this. I'll deal with this. I'll handle this. However I want. ذَرُنِي وَمَنْ خَلَقْتُ And the one whom I created. Wahida Alone. Meaning, leave me to punish the one whom I created alone. I'll deal with him. You don't worry about him. It's not your problem. ذَرُنِي وَمَنْ خَلَقْتُ وَحِيدًا Wahid, wahid, what does it mean? One, alone. And here, wahid can be understood in many ways. First of all, it can be understood as myself. Meaning, I created alone myself, without any aid. I created him alone. Secondly, it can also be interpreted as that I created him as alone. Meaning, when I created him, he was alone. He didn't have any wealth, he didn't have any children, he didn't have any family, he didn't have any followers or supporters. But yes, now he has many people around him, which is why he's deceived. But actually, I created him alone without any aid, without any power. Thirdly, it can be also understood as ذَرْنِي وَحِيدًا Meaning, leave me alone to deal with مَنْ خَلَقْتُ To deal with the one whom I created. Who is this person? This person is the one whose mention we learned earlier also. Walid bin Mughira. The man who was humiliated. Badly humiliated. You see, Abu Lahab, he is mentioned by name in the Qur'an. Walid bin Mughira, he's not mentioned by name in the Qur'an. But he is mentioned twice and humiliated in those descriptions. Earlier we learned about how مَشَّاءٍ بِنَمِيمٍ مَنَّاعٍ لِلْخَيْرٍ مُعْتَدٍ أَثِيمٍ And then عُتُلٍ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ زَنِيمٍ سَنَسِمُهُ عَلَى الْخُرْطُومٍ We think Abu Jahl was bad, right? Yes, he was bad. But is Abu Jahl mentioned in the Qur'an? One statement is said, you know where Abu Jahl, he said that before going to Badr, that, oh Allah, if he is true, then send a punishment upon us. So it is said that Abu Jahl is the one who said that statement. But look at how Walid bin Mughira is mentioned. How he's humiliated in the Qur'an. Allah says, let me deal with him. And you see this word wahid. Walid bin Mughira used to describe himself with this word, Wahid. I'm unique, no one's like me. Unique, no one is like me. We see that Walid bin Mughira held a very high rank and status amongst his people, of all the chiefs of Makkah. And he was known as Rayhanatu Quraysh. Rayhanatu Quraysh meaning the flower of the Quraysh. And he used to call himself Wahid ibn al-Wahid. Wahid ibn al-Wahid. What does that mean? The one, the son of the one. Meaning I'm the best. There's no one like me. He was actually the paternal uncle of Abu Jahl. So he was even senior than Abu Jahl. And Walid bin Mughira had ten sons. And that was like a big deal in Makkah. Ten sons. Even today if you find out somebody's got ten sons, you're like, wow, ten sons. Right? The number itself is big. But here we have this guy who's got ten sons. So you can imagine how proud he is. 
and he was a businessman he was a landowner he had many gardens outside of Mecca a lot of property and it is said that his yearly income annual income was 10 million dinar just to give you some idea Abu Bakr radhiyallahu anhu when he became the khalifa this is many years later his income was 300 dinar 300 as a khalifa and yes Abu Bakr radhiyallahu anhu would take very minimal amount but still you can imagine for a khalifa 300 dinar is the annual income and Walid bin Mughira his annual income from his property and his business how much is he making 10 million and because he had so much money you know flowing in from everywhere his 10 sons you know they wouldn't even go for business trips why because they would hire other people to go so his sons would never really have to travel to different cities be away for months and months because of business because of work no they were just sitting at home and enjoying always with their father Allah says ذرني ومن خلقت وحيدا وجعلت له مالا ممدودا I made for him malan wealth that is mamdud that is extensive mamdud mim dal dal madda yamuddu to extend I have made for him extensive wealth this can refer to continuous flow of money continuous income this can also include his land that how mamdud far and wide wherever you would look you would find his property wa banina shuhuda and i made for him banin sons shuhud that are always present plural of shahid meaning those who are witness meaning those who are by his side always in attendance you see i know of a lady may allah have mercy on her and forgive her she's passed away she had 10 sons or 10 children if i'm not mistaken so either boys and girls or all boys 10 i remember the figure 10 but she used to live alone alone and she was so weak so weak in her body that you know her back was basically hunched so she was always like this she could never stand up straight 10 children all doctors lawyers but that lady lived alone in canada And every time my sister and I would go to visit her she'd be so happy she'd go in her kitchen and try to get food for us and we'd be like no auntie just sit down you know we came to be with you spend time with you she would be so happy to see anybody in her house and this was so painful for her to know that I've got 10 children but not even one is with me this man Walid bin Mughira he didn't just have 10 sons these 10 sons were where shuhuda they were with him they didn't have to travel they loved him they were obedient to him they were happy with him because many times it happens that as children grow up they have their own thinking different from their parents they can't get along with their dad especially son and dad they can't get along so the son has moved away he lives in a different country he just doesn't get along with his father you've heard these stories right 10 sons and always by his side What a huge blessing. Allah gave him this. And remember one of his sons was who? Khalid ibn Walid radiyallahu anhu. So his sons were not ordinary guys. They were significant. I mean Khalid ibn Walid radiyallahu anhu, what was he? Amazing man. Right? He fought from the side of the mushrikeen for a very long time and in the battle of Uhud, he's the one who turned their defeat into victory, right? So you can imagine what kind of a man Walid ibn Mughira was. 
how much Allah had blessed him. وَمَهَدْتُ لَهُ تَمْهِيدًا And I have spread out for him, لَهُ for him, تَمْهِيدًا Easing his livelihood. مَهَدْتُ تَمْهِيد مِيمْ هَدَالْ مَهَدْ Cradle tamheed is to prepare a cradle, to prepare a bed. Basically, it's to arrange everything for someone's comfort. مَهَدْتُ لَهُ تَمْهِيدًا I have provided him with everything to make his life comfortable. I've made his life so easy. Given him money, children, authority, everything. ثُمَّ يَطْمَعُ Then he desires an azid that I should give him more. Look at his audacity. I've given him so much and yet he's greedy for more. He's so greedy for power. He's so greedy for more money. He's so greedy for this world. Look at how unthankful he is. Allah says, Kalla, no way. No more for him. Why? Because innahu, indeed this man, kana li ayatina, he has been towards our verses, anida, obstinate. He has been obstinate towards our verses. Anid, ainun dal, unud is to resist stubbornly. Meaning you get it, you know what it is, you understand it. But you still reject it. This is unud. To stubbornly resist something. The truth. He knows our verses. He recognizes them. That this is not the word of a human being. This is divine speech. Yet he rejects it. So all of this anger for Walid. Why? Because of the fact that he rejected Allah's verses. Despite recognizing them. You see, Walid bin Mughira, his status was really great in his people. And on top of that, he was also the chief of Banu Makhzum. The Banu Makhzum clan, he was their chief. And in addition to his wealth and status, he was also their best poet. So now, basically he had everything. And in Arabia, if somebody knew poetry, they were a good poet they would be honored and respected and valued. Shaykh Yasir Qadi in his lecture, he said that Walid bin Mughira was like the Shakespeare of Mecca. Hmm? So what happened is that once the Prophet ﷺ was reciting the Qur'an and Walid bin Mughira, he heard the Qur'an. And when he heard it, he was mesmerized. He stopped and he was deeply affected by the Qur'an. And as he was going away, he said something in praise of the Qur'an. And the people of Makkah, some people, they heard Walid bin Mughira praising the Qur'an. So what do you think happened? The news spread. Walid bin Mughira likes the Qur'an. He likes the speech that Muhammad wasallam is reciting. So what happened? Abu Jahal heard about it. And it is said that Walid bin Mughira, he said that by Allah, I have heard the speech of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is neither from the speech of men nor of jinn meaning no human being could say this could come up with this and no jinn even could say this it's the top portion of it is fertile and beautiful it has a rhythm and it surpasses everything i've heard and nothing can surpass it meaning it's the best speech i've ever heard this is not the word of a human being so basically walid bin ghira is saying this is a speech of who Allah. So what happened? The people, they panicked and their greatest fears 
you know, they came alive. Basically, if Walidun Mughira believes, then what's gonna happen? Everybody is going to believe. So when Abu Jahl heard about this, he went to Walid bin Mughira and he said, your people have heard your praise of the Qur'an and they will not be satisfied with you until you say something against the Qur'an. So Walid bin Mughira said, what do you want me to say? Meaning, how could I say even one negative thing about the Qur'an? You tell me what to say. I'm out of ideas. So Abu Jahl said, call Muhammad wasallam a madman. Say that he's majnoon. Walid bin Mughira said, no way. He's not a madman. We know what majnoon is like. And Muhammad ﷺ is not a majnoon. So Abu Jahl said, say that he's a fortune teller. Walid bin Mughira said, he's not a fortune teller. He doesn't have that way of speech. He doesn't talk like fortune tellers. You know, fortune tellers, they have a certain way of talking, right? You've seen in cartoons, in movies, how they talk in a weird way. He said, he's not a fortune teller. Everybody can see that. So Abu Jahl said, call him a magician. Again, Walid bin Mughira said, he's not a magician. Abu Jahl said, okay, call him a poet. Walid bin Mughira said, by Allah, I am the best poet. And I am telling you, this is not the poetry of a human being. So Abu Jahl said, you need to say something. You must say something against the Qur'an. So Walid bin Mughira said, okay, leave me for some time. Let me think about it. Now the reason why Walid bin Mughira could not say anything bad about the Qur'an is because it made sense to him. He recognized its truthfulness. He saw its miracle. He knew it. But what happened? If he did not say anything negative about the Qur'an, what would people say? Walid bin Mughira has believed in Muhammad wasallam. And if he's believed in Muhammad wasallam, Walid bin Mughira is no longer a great man for us. So basically, Walid bin Mughira would lose his authority, his power, his status. He may even lose some of his business. There was a lot at risk here. So what was he greedy for? Dunya, which is why Allah says, ثُمَّ يَطْمَعُ أَنْ أَزِيدُ I've given him so much, and look at how greedy he is. He wants even more. He's not willing to give up even anything. So what happened? Walid bin Mughira, he stayed at home hiding from his people. Because he was afraid to come out before them. So in his house, he's thinking, he's walking, and he's walking, pacing back and forth, and he's thinking, reflecting, you know, frowning as he's thinking. And then, you know, as a person is deep in thought, they make different expressions, right? And then he had an idea as to what he was going to say about the Qur'an, about the Prophet ﷺ. But before even he came out and said anything, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these ayat exposing Walid bin Mughira. Allah says, كَلَّا إِنَّهُ كَانَ لِآيَاتِنَا عَنِيدًا سَأُرْهِقُهُ صَعُودًا I will cover him with a difficult, increasing, rising punishment. أُرْهِقُ رَهَقَ is to force something on someone, impose it on them. I will impose on him Saud. What is Saud? A steep hill. Notice how apt the punishment is. He thought of himself as very high. And Allah says his punishment will be increasingly bad. It will become worse, increase with time, intensify with time. Saud. It is said that Saud is also a hill a mountain in hellfire that people will be made to climb. سَأُرْهِقُهُ سَعُودًا 
إِنَّهُ فَكَّرَ وَقَدَّرَ What did he do in his house? Walid bin Mughira, hiding from people, thinking. Allah says, إِنَّهُ فَكَّرَ Indeed he thought. وَقَدَّرَ And he assessed. قَدَّرَ يُقَدِّرُ تَقْدِيرُ To assess, estimate, evaluate something. So he thought and he evaluated the situation. He thought about the Qur'an. And he wondered as to how he would invalidate it. He was looking for some fault in it. Something that he could twist and misrepresent and basically satisfy people. Allah says, فَقُتِلَ كَيْفَ قَدَّرَ May he be destroyed. How he assessed the Qur'an. What he came up with. قُتِلَ Literally means he was killed. But this is a dua against someone. That may he be destroyed. How he deliberated. Is this what he came up with? How could he? ثُمَّ قُتِلَ كَيْفَ قَدَّرَ Then again, may he be destroyed for how he deliberated, for what he thought about the Qur'an. But you see, once you recognize the truth of something, and you're denying it, it's difficult to deny it, right? Because your heart is opposing you. Your mind is telling you, don't do this. Right? So, he's going back and forth inside. Allah says, ثُمَّ نَظَرْ Then he considered Meaning as he's thinking of something evil to come up with, to describe the Qur'an with, again he stopped and he considered. He contemplated. ثُمَّ عَبَسَ Then he frowned. وَبَسَرَ And he scowled. عَبَسَ To frown, this is used for the frown that appears in the forehead of a person. And بَسَرَ بَسَرَ This is frowning face. You know when someone is deep in thought, then what happens? They're looking, staring at something, and then a frown, and then as an evil idea. You know, when I was reading this, the Grinch came to my mind. You know, that evil face, all those wrinkles appearing on the face. ثُمَّ قُتِلَ كَيْفَ قَدَّرْ ثُمَّ نَظَرْ ثُمَّ عَبَسَ وَبَسَرْ An evil idea came to his mind, and he frowned, and he scowled, his entire face scowling. ثُمَّ أَدْبَرَ وَاسْتَكْبَرْ then he turned back and he was arrogant. فَقَالَ What did he say after all this contemplation? He didn't say, Oh people, this is the truth. He said, إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ يؤثر. He said, This is not except magic that is يؤثر. So basically he called the Qur'an magic. يؤثر from Hamza ثَارَ أَثَر what does athar mean? To affect. Or athar is also to transmit, to relate. Which is why athar of the people of the past, of the sahaba, meaning their statements, what has been narrated about them. So hadith is used for that which the Prophet ﷺ said, right? And athar is used for the statements of the companions. So sihrun yu'thar, meaning magic that has been transmitted. So after prolonged thought and consideration, Walid bin Mughira, he came out and he said, the best thing, the nearest thing to the truth is that this is magic. This Qur'an is magic. That Muhammad wasallam has learned some magic by which he separates a man from his father and from his brother, and from his wife, and from his children, and from the rest of his family. This is sihrun yu'thar. So what happened? People just took the statement of Walid bin Mughira, and this is what they 
used to describe the Qur'an with. So what happened? As the hujjaj would come into Makkah, the mushrikeen would go and warn them, there is a man, he has some magic in his speech, which is such that if you hear it, it's going to break you away from the rest of your family. It's going to cut you off. It's going to divide your people. In هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ يؤثر. And he went on, he said, إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا قَوْلُ الْبَشَرُ This is not except the word of a human being. It's amazing how he's lying over here. He knew, he said himself, that I am the best poet. I know what magic is like. I know what sorcery is like. This is not it. This is something else. But now, just to please people, just to save his face, he's lying. And it happens. May Allah protect us. But this happens with people. That when the dunya is what they become greedy for, they will lie openly. In هَذَا إِلَّا قَوْلُ الْبَشَرِ He said, in Surah Al-Nahl, Ayah 103, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ إِنَّمَا يُعَلِّمُهُ بَشَرِ We know that these people say that a human being teaches him. Allah says, سَأُصْلِيهِ سَقَرِ I will drive him into saqar. I will make him enter the fire of saqar. أُصْلِي صَادْ لَمْ يَا What does this mean? To enter into fire, to Admit something into fire. I will admit him into saqar. Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying this, that I personally, I will put him into fire. Saqar, saqra, seen qafra is used for hot wind or extreme heat of the sun that burns the skin. Sa'uslihi saqar. Wama adraka ma saqar. And what can make you know what is saqar? What is saqar? You have no idea about it. La tubqi wa la tadar. La not. Tubqi, it lets remain. Tubqi, ibqa, baqa, is to remain, survive. So it doesn't let anything survive. Meaning when it touches somebody, when it reaches somebody, it doesn't spare anything of them. وَلَا تَذَرْ Nor does it leave. It doesn't leave anything. Meaning, nothing at all remains unburned in it. And this is the reality of hellfire. That when a person will burn in hell, it will neither kill him, nor will it let him live. So a person will continuously be between life and death. ثُمَّ لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيَا So لَا تُبُقِي It will not leave any life. وَلَا تَذَرْ Nor will it completely finish so that a person is dead. No. No life, no death. No surviving. No complete destruction. لَا تُبُقِي وَلَا تَذَرْ in Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 56, Allah says, كُلَّمَا نَضِجَتْ جُلُودُهُمْ بَدَّلْنَاهُمْ جُلُودًا غَيْرَهَا لِيَذُوقُ الْعَذَابِ لَوَّاحَةٌ لِلْبَشَرِ لَوَّاحَةٌ Scorching. One that will parch. One that will blacken. Burn away. لِلْبَشَرِ The skin. لَوَّاحَةٌ لَامْ وَوْحَةٌ لَاحَةٌ is when, because of Fire, 
or because of burning, because of extreme thirst, because of extreme heat, the skin becomes extremely dry, withered, parched, blackened. This is lawaha. So the fire will lawahatul lil bashar. Bashar, the skins. Bashara, remember, is used for the human skin because it's very different from any other type of skin that animals may have. They have fur, they have feathers. Human skin is very unique. Lawahatul lil bashar. Alayha tis'ata ashar. Over it, meaning this saqar, over this hellfire, are appointed 19. 19 who? 19 angel guards. 19 angel guards. So there's no escape for those who are in it. Now the mushrikeen, when they heard this ayah, what did they do? They laughed, they mocked. Abu Jahl said, O people of Quraysh, aren't ten of you able to deal with one angel? So if there's 19 angels, if there's 200 of us, we can manage. Another man who was known for his strong built, his physique, his strength, he said, O people of Quraysh, you just deal with two, you handle two of them, and I'll take care of 17. I can manage to defeat 17 angels myself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا جَعَلْنَا أَصْحَابَ النَّارِ إِلَّا مَلَائِكَةِ Do you realize what you're saying? We have not made the keepers of the fire, ashab over here, not inmates, rather the guards. Meaning those who are appointed over the fire, keepers of the fire, they are none but the angels. Yes, human guards, maybe you can fight off. Maybe you can defeat. But angels? Jinn also, maybe you can have some control, you can beat them or something. But angels? You have no power against them. Realize who these guards are. Tis'at ashar, these are angels. And how strong, how powerful are the angels? Very strong. Very strong. Imagine, their strength can be Understood by the fact that they go up to the skies and down every day. Every day. And the distance is how much? As we learned earlier, 50,000 years. وَمَا جَعَلْنَا أَصْحَابَ النَّارِ إِلَّا مَلَائِكَةً وَمَا جَعَلْنَا عِدَّتَهُمْ إِلَّا فِتْنَةً And we have not made their number except a fitna. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention this number? 19 angels. Why? Why? What's the reason? This is a test because some people, they get distracted by these figures. They forget the message and they get distracted by the details. وَمَا جَعَلْنَا عِدَّتَهُمْ إِلَّا فِتْنَةً لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا For those who deny. For them it's a fitna. It's a trial because they go further in their denial. But in this number, when Allah mentions these details, there is a benefit also. And what's that benefit? لِيَسْتَيْقِنَ So that he develops yaqeen. They strengthen in their certainty, in their conviction. Who gets conviction? الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ Those who were given the book. They get conviction. What conviction? That this is indeed the speech of Allah. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention some details in the Qur'an about the people of the past or about the day of judgment? Why? Why are those details given? Because when the people of the book see those details, they come across them, they say, okay, this is exactly what we have been told. Or there's something similar that we have been told. So it gives them yaqeen. وَيَزْدَادَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِمَانًا Another benefit is that those who believe, they increase in their faith. 
for a believer when he reads that there is 19 angels appointed over hell, what does it mean? There is no running away. I better do something now to save myself from that fire. وَلَا يَرْتَابَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ And that those who have been given the book and those who believe, they don't have any doubt then. With these details, what happens? Their doubts, they go away. What kind of doubts? Meaning, when they learn these details, then it makes the reality more real for them. You know that there is hellfire. But when you learn the details of hellfire, then what happens? Hellfire becomes a reality before you. Then it's not just somewhere in the back of your mind, yeah, there's hell in the hereafter, oh Allah protect me. No, it's like there's angels appointed over hellfire to guard hell. Oh Allah protect me. It makes it more real. وَلِيَقُولَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٍ But the same detail, what happens because of it, those people in whose hearts is a disease, وَالْكَافِرُونَ And those who deny, they say, مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا What did Allah intend by this example, by this description? What's the point? They object. They criticize. كَذَلِكَ يُضِلُّ اللَّهُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ Thus does Allah send astray whomever He wills. وَيَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ And He guides whomsoever He wills. Same verse. And look at the length of this verse. A few words. But because of this verse, some people, they cry. And other people, they go further in their misguidance. وَمَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا هُوْ And none knows the armies, the soldiers of your Lord, except He Himself. He knows His armies, His angels, how many they are, what their strengths are. وَمَا هِيَ إِلَّا ذِكْرَى لِلْبَشَرِ And this is not but a reminder to humanity. What is the mention of the fire? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention hellfire in the Qur'an and its details? Why? Because it's a reminder. This is something serious. This is real. Think about it. Climate change, it's real. But there are people who are in denial of it. They call it a hoax. They just make fun of it. They'll go to big conventions and big people. And they'll mock on TV. They'll make fun. But it's a reality because of which people's lives are being affected. Right? So those who believe in it and those who know it's serious, do they stop their work? No. They keep reminding. They keep reminding. Hellfire is real. No matter how much people deny it, it's still there. And Allah warns us of hellfire. And we need to take this warning to others also. Okay, let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Ya ayyuhal muddathir Qum fa'anzir Wa rabbaka fa'kabbir Wa thiyabaka fa'tahhir وَالرُّجْزَ فَهْجُرْ وَلَا تَمْنُنْ تَسْتَكْثِرْ وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ فَإِذَا نُقِرَ فِي النَّاقُورِ فَذَلِكَ يَوْمَئِذٍ يَوْمٌ عَسِيرٌ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ غَيْرُ يَسِيرٌ 
ذرني ومن خلقت وحيدا وجعلت له مالا ممدودا وبنين شهودا ومهدت له تمهيدا ثم يطمع أن أزيد كلا إنه كان لآياتنا عنيدا سأرهقه صعودا إنه فكر وقدر فقتل كيف قدر ثم قتل كيف قدر ثم نظر ثم عبس وبسر ثم أدبر واستكبر فقال إن هذا إلا سحر يؤثر إن هذا إلا قول البشر سأصليه سقر وما أدراك ما سقر لا تبقي ولا تذر لواحة للبشر عليها تسعة عشر وما جعلنا أصحاب النار إلا ملائكة وما جعلنا عدتهم إلا فتنة للذين كفروا ليستيقن الذين أوتوا الكتاب ويزداد الذين آمنوا إيمانا ولا يرتاب الذين أوتوا الكتاب والمؤمنون وليقول الذين في قلوبهم مرضوا والكافرون ماذا أراد الله بهذا مثلا كذلك يضل الله من يشاء ويهدي من يشاء وما يعلم جنود ربك إلا هو وما هي إلا ذكرى للبشر